Welcome to the Bountiful Water Podcast. I'm your host, John Briggs, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about how water became invisible. I'd like to talk about why I think water is so interesting, even though most of you probably have never thought about it. But to do that, I've brought in, how would we say it, the famous uh, Jessica <laughs> Janae. Utah famous D-lister, Jessica yeah, Janae. Yeah, Jessica Janae, or like that show I saw one time <laughs> where they said, what does Instagram famous mean? Not famous. <laughs> <laughs> so, rude, rude. <laughs> anyway, first a shout out to the sponsor. Our sponsor for this podcast and all of them so far has been Retigo Labs as an authorized dealer of Crusader Water Systems. We have the best testing and the best solutions for water in your home brought together. Retigo tests for more than a dozen things that affect water quality. And from that, they create a comprehensive profile that we can then send over to Crusader. And Crusader Custom makes a system that is just right and just for you because the testing we've done has showed that every home is different. It's one of the unique things that we've uncovered just this last year. Each home has different water chemistry, so your water will behave differently in each home. So let us come in, test it, balance your water. Let Retigo balance it, and then you can worry about other things. It all starts with balanced water. So last week we recorded a podcast, or I recorded a podcast about hair and skin, and that's something that Jessica has had to deal with a lot, being an influencer an influencer. Where people go, what do you do about your hair and skin? No one ever asked me that, <laughs> except for as a cautionary tale <laughs> of, you know, maybe my life is to serve as a warning to others. <laughs> Last week's podcast about hair and skin, and we, we talked about how people buy millions of dollars worth of products in communities to make sure that their skin stays soft and make sure that the color stays in their hair and all that. And what we've uncovered at the lab is that the problem is usually not the products that you're using, or at least not all of it, that the sulfate in the water actually strips the color out of your hair. So you go and get your color hair colored, right? Mm -hmm. And just the water makes a difference in like, not even just the color, just everything. How soft your hair is, how healthy it is. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's been interesting is the claim with soft water is that it will make your hair and skin softer, but that's true to a degree unless you live in a place like we do where there's high sulfate in the water, and then doesn't really make a difference. It at doesn't all. make a difference. So no, like our our test showed that washing with even sulfate-free shampoo in our water still strips the color yeah. out of your hair. And the hairstylist we talked to said that their customers complain because they get they they don't even wash their hair sometimes for three weeks trying to keep the color in their hair and the color still goes away. Yeah. Well, it's the sulfate in the water. That's so. what every, my hairstylist is always is like, just don't wash your hair. Just don't wash your hair as long as you possibly can. I'm like, all right. Right. And that's been the solution. <laughs> yeah. It's like just. Uh, and then it's greasy and the color still fades. Right. What, what about your skin? Well, just don't bathe. Just don't shower like, or awesome. bathe. Just, you know, keep <laughs> slathering on things. You can look like a medieval, I don't know what. <laughs> anyway, medieval period. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those medieval creatures caked with makeup. Anyway, the podcast about hair and skin that I did last week, when I put a system in, I kept telling you about the water. Yes. That like, it actually is different. I 
I never told Kennedy. When you put it in your house, you were like, no, it really is different. Right. And I meant your little sister. I believe you. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, sure, dad. It's like your little sister. I never told her we were putting a system in. And she called down after a shower, her first shower. And she's just like, dad, what'd you do to the water? She noticed there was something different because she's sensitive to it. Oh, yeah. Her skin is sensitive to it. But then you came over because I kept talking about it like the nerd. I know. I was like, fine. I'm going to come over and have a shower. And wash my hair. <laughs> what'd you think? Well, you told me to use just like a dime size of shampoo, remember? And like a dime size of, or whatever they, or a quarter size. Whatever they say like you're supposed to do. It's a dime. Because with my water, I literally use five billion squirts of shampoo and conditioner. I hate my water for my hair. But I was shocked that I could actually tell a difference. I was like, what the freak is this? I could totally tell a difference with my hair. Yeah. It cracked me up, kind of. <laughs> yeah. My hair was so much softer, and I used the just the, like, normal amount of shampoo and stuff you're supposed to use. It was so funny. Yeah, it makes a – it's amazing the difference it makes. And, you know, like I was just showing, I wish we could get a picture of it. But under the microscope, when you look at a hair follicle, the one that is using the enhanced water would be nice and uh, – just a nice just like shaft a nice of hair, a nice cylinder of hair. Of hair. <laughs> yeah, and the other stuff with the sulfate, it just looks bushy. Yes. And so you take that, multiply it by all the hair on your head, that's why it looks bushy. So then you put more chemicals in it to try to smooth it down, and more chemicals to do this and more chemicals to do that, and then you go and you wash it all out, adding the sulfate back in. In this area where we live, where you live, it's about half a pound of sulfate going through your water every day. Now that freaks me out when you say that. Up it's in Park so, City. Such a weird concept. Park City, the sulfate's so high, it's a pound a day. Almost a pound a day going through your systems. That doesn't even count the calcium and magnesium. You got a couple pounds of rocks going through your system every day. Good grief. And that's why, well, that's why the soap doesn't work. Yeah. Well, you keep adding soap because well, it just is, eats up that lathering capability. This is what I've just noticed, especially since like dyeing my hair the last few years, is that no shampoo makes a difference. No brand. No. I've bought the cheapest of cheap shampoos and I have bought the most bloody expensive products and nothing it's all the same when it comes down to it because it is because in the end those those shampoos probably make a difference to a degree if the water's balanced yes yeah but since the water's not balanced you are literally negating all of the reason for buying the shampoo in the first place yes i we have a client that spends a hundred dollars for a bottle of shampoo probably orbe yeah for sulfate-free shampoo and then she takes a shower and adds, adds that all the sulfates water back right in. back in. <laughs> sulfate right That's back in. That's what I think. Every time I use my expensive shampoo, I'm like, I need to be doing this at my parents' house so that yeah. the water and the shampoo work well together, not at my house where there's rocks going into my hair. <laughs> well, the other thing with me is is the lotion. I I think, uh, you know, and this is just a thing in the winters, you know, I itch in the winter time. Hands are dry, cracking. And then it clued in one day that, well, I can use lotion. It's one of those things that my darker-skinned friends, like like Jake, my son-in-law, would, he'd see it. Yeah. He, he calls it ashy skin. Yes. Because he gets that white look on the outside. Well, I'm already white, so I never see my ashy skin. <laughs> I just think it's itchy skin. So I started adding, a, I, I started using a lot of lotion and I'd never done that before because I didn't like the feel of lotion on my hand. But I've been experimenting with that. I found that I, I realized a couple of weeks ago that I was still 
lotioning up, even with the new water, just because I was used to doing it. So I've been stopping doing that just to see whether I need to keep doing it. I've been amazed that I haven't had to add lotion. Your hands over time, as you, as I, I realize my hands start feeling like that. But then I realize it's because every place you go, you wash your hands at other places that have... You're washing your hands in all different types of water. Right. And so my hands, I end up having to lotion again, but... I noticed, to- after taking a shower at your guys' house, I totally noticed with my skin. I totally noticed the difference with my skin. On my arms, I, I was like, why am I actually feeling this right now? <laughs> I had written down a quote to start the podcast with, but it was just one that I've used before for a lot of different things, but it's just, quote says, fish discover water last. Of course, the implication of that is that fish are so immersed in water all of the time that they don't even realize they're in it. And we kind of live like that now. We're immersed in in this world of water to the point that we don't even pay attention to it anymore. It's kind of like air. Yeah. You know, if I sucked all the air out of this room, how long do you think it'd take for you to panic? I pull it out of the room and you'd panic so quickly Two minutes in, you'd probably be in serious trouble. And it's the same with water. With water, we only think about it when we're thirsty. But when we're thirsty and we can't get it, then we think about it more. If we're really thirsty and we go hours and hours and hours without water, we start to get nervous. A couple days, we're in serious trouble without water. It's one of those things that's interesting with water because you can live weeks without food, but you can only go a few days without water without it causing some pretty serious problems. So the point is that water's all over the place. And, you know, one of the first books I read on the subject was by Charles Fishman called The Big Thirst. And so a lot of the stuff I talk about in these podcasts, I was informed about first from him. So one of the reasons I had Jess come on is because two of the most memorable experiences of my life had to do with water and my daughter here, Jessica. The first one, the most terrifying experience of my life was at a waterfall in Yellowstone. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I have dreams about it. Yeah. Yours Still. probably dreams about how funny it was. I <laughs> 308 foot waterfall pounding down with all that force and Jess decides she's going to get a better look at it by diving over the railing. I just wanted to, I remember, I just wanted to climb up and like I was holding onto the fence and I just wanted to look over the edge because it looked like fairyland heaven down there. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it could have been angel land as you died. Anyway, she climbed up, she put her belly on the railing and started tipping over and I barely grabbed your leg before you went over into the waterfall. Scared me to death. I didn't feel like I was going to fall to my death. It was just like a slight lean fall. Yeah, you started (laughs) tipping. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I I was, it scared me to death. I was like so annoyed that you were freaking out. I like didn't understand. Yeah, I had to sit down for half an hour shaking. I know you were white. Before we could hike out of that place. But that water would have destroyed you. I know. You know, (laughs) it's this beautiful, amazing water when you're looking at it, but being at the bottom of it. It's like getting pounded with hammers the size of buildings. You would have just <laughs> well, now, not existed Well, anymore. now if I picture my daughter climbing up there, I would literally murder her if she even stepped close to that fence. Yeah. I wouldn't allow that. Right. The next one that I had written down because it was one of the more magical things that happened with water 
had to do with a photo shoot that I was helping you with. And we had gone to Salt Lake. I used to help you with photo shoots, mm-hmm. just, you know, get help you get there and get stuff together and all of that. The one we were doing down in Salt Lake, the bride was there and she had this beautiful black hair. It started snowing and the bride was just freaking out going, oh, it's going to be terrible. It's going to snow. And you were like, there's no way. Come on right now. Let's go get pictures right now. And if you remember these pictures, I remember them because her hair filled with snowflakes a couple inches apart and your camera captured that and it looked like something that you photoshopped in these little snowflakes snowflakes all through her hair and when you'd zoom in on them you could see each individual snowflake pattern and i used to do that with any shoot in the winter when it would snow i'm like get out of here water can be magical like that because that was just frozen water or it can be terrifying like trying to keep your daughter from killing herself off a cliff Whoops. It's not a stretch to say that water is the most familiar substance in our lives. Probably the most important substance in our lives. It's what makes water skiing fun. It's what makes boating fun. It's what gives excitement to whitewater rafting. But it also is what makes relaxing in a sauna or a hot tub at the end of the day feel great. All of that. That is so weird once you say that, how many things. Yeah, we're, we're so immersed in water all of the time, but we don't... You don't even realize it. Think about it. Everything we do has to do with water. People are made up of water, and we hear yeah. that all the time. Men are 60% water. Women are 55% water. Our blood is 83% water. So literally, everything in our body happens as a function of water. Even our eyes, when you look at something, your your eyes are bathed in this watery fluid. The cells are all bathed in this water, watery fluid, and... Everything that you see is a function of water. Even thinking about water (laughs) requires neurons (laughs) filled with water, okay? Saying the word water. Saying the word water takes water to say water. (laughs) I hate it. So, yeah, we don't want to be insane here, but... I think the crazy thing is that even though water is the most familiar substance in our lives and the most important substance in our lives... Almost nobody thinks of themselves as having any sort of relationship to water. You'll ask somebody and they'll have an opinion about their relationship to God, their relationship to alcohol, their relationship to their car, but nobody ever thinks that they have any sort of relationship to water at all. I literally never thought about it once until um, all, until you started, you know, the podcast and all of this. And that's what I'm talking about when I say that water is invisible. It's everywhere, but... It's invisible. It didn't used to be. If you talk to grandparents or great-grandparents, their use were usually spent thinking about water, how they'd get water, if they could get clean enough water. I, I remember hearing stories about my dad getting ready for dates by bathing in the uh, irrigation ditch next to his oh farm. And I saw that irrigation ditch, and it was full of brown water. I had no idea how he came out cleaner. But the reality is there's a lot of parts of the world still in the developing world where they think about water all the time. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, even my trips to Guatemala, Mm -hmm. we had to think about water. And you coming from, you know, Utah and going there, you're like, wait, I can't just drink out of the sink. What do you mean? And then we're thirsty as age and have to go shopping to get water. Well, farmers, I guess the one exception to that, farmers have to think about water all the time, even even here in the U.S. But the reality is in the last hundred years, water has been made abundant, safe and cheap. And that's the first time in our history in the 20th century here is the first time when all three of those things were together, abundant, safe, and cheap. You might have a lot of water, but it wasn't safe to drink. 
Or you might have safe water, but you didn't have enough. But to have those things all together where it's abundant, safe, and cheap, it really might go down someday as being called the golden age of water, an age where we could have unlimited water at almost no cost. It's actually possible for somebody, at least in the U.S., to go their entire lives without ever having to worry about whether they had enough water. That is so unusual in the history of the world that it's hard to even explain how weird that is, that we can go our entire lives without ever having to worry that we won't have water. We don't even have words for it when that we run out of cool. water. We have words for power failure. You know, your microwave yeah. goes out, it says PF. Yeah. But there isn't even a thing for saying we ran out of water. Water failure. Yeah. Water <laughs> failure. Well, that doesn't really cover it. And I know it. it's... Uh, I don't even know what I'd do. Although my microwave just... I got too excited about doing stuff one time on the microwave and I was pushing all the buttons too fast because I needed to heat up some, I don't know, some pizza rolls or something for <laughs> Kennedy. And the thing just like blanked out and then it just came across and said, child. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did it actually? It actually goes child, assuming that a child was doing it, and it locked the thing out. And so I had to sit there going, how do I, how do I convince the robot? How do I convince the, robot, the microwave that I'm not a child? Right, the robot thinks I'm a child. What do I do? There was nothing to do about that. I finally I realized that, that uh, so much. it's an inverse proportion on how long it takes pizza pockets to thaw out and me thinking of unplugging the thing and plugging it back in. That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Sorry. A little uh, side note there. Anyway, I guess the fact that we have so much water and that it's so abundant really is a testament to what our guys at the Water District are doing. They're this unseen group of people that nobody ever thinks about. They're the guys making sure that it's abundant, safe, and cheap. I thought about this the other day. When we go to the gas pump, we have that little thing that reads by going $1, $2, one gallon, two gallons. If we had that on each faucet, it would we'd connect a lot better with oh, that'd be wild. water. You'd where we'd feel, go, wait a minute, I've used... You'd feel so wasteful. Right. You'd just turn on it like, like my wife turns on a trickle for the cats. And that always drives me nuts because we have a cat oh, dish. But they like drinking it as a little trickle and I'm just like... Okay, they drank about two tablespoons of water, and we just ran 10 gallons of water down the drain. Yeah, it's actually horrifying when you think about it. But we don't even think about it. And even if we did have a meter that read that out, a meter that showed that, it wouldn't really show us the real cost because we only pay something like $30 a month for our water. The actual cost is quite a bit higher. It costs at least $270 a month just to maintain our failing infrastructure. Most people don't even realize that because it's subsidized from taxes and that. If we had to pay the real cost of water, and a lot of the world does, we would treat water quite a bit differently than we do now because it does cost us money. Who do you think uses the most water in the country? Like state? What state? No, no, just you've got businesses, you've got all kinds of things that have to use water for their products. (laughs) Coca-Cola? Yeah, we talked about (laughs) Coca-Cola. That's what I remember. (laughs) Usually the answer I get is the farmers. People going, well, the farmers used quite a bit of water to make their stuff. If you're to know how how much water it took just to make a pound of carrots, it's a couple hundred gallons of water just for a pound of carrots to produce that. I changed my answer. I would say like the clothing industry, like fashion industry. They use a lot of water. Because I've read about the gallons and gallons of water it takes and it's horrifying. Yeah, it's a lot. But actually it's the power plants. Oh, duh. 
I feel like I knew that. It's something that's kind of hidden. We don't think about a lot, but literally we wouldn't be able to turn on the lights, charge our phones, do any of that without a supply of water. And it's something that we don't usually think about, but they use 201 billion gallons of water every day to generate electricity just in the US, 201 billion gallons of water. That's one and a half times more than is used by all the farms in the entire country in a day. Oh my gosh. And it's seven times more water than we use in our houses. Just about half the water we use in the country is just for the power plants. Yikes. It's something that we're out of touch with. We've let it become invisible, but it's something that... It's something I guess we take for granted because I think it's because of the pricing and the invisibility. That's what I think. Well, yeah. The pricing for water is about, on the average, about three cents for 10 gallons of water at the tap. It's hard to take seriously something that costs you three cents for 10 gallons of water. But when you think about it, that is like buying 74 of those half liter bottles of water at the convenience store that we buy every day for three pennies. So imagine you get 74 water bottles for three pennies. That's the equivalent of what what you get at the tap. Now people say, well, tap water is terrible or tap water is this or that. It's really not. It's actually good for you. The reason people say their tap water is terrible usually is because they don't like the taste of it. And there's ways to fix that actually cheaper than going to the than going to the convenience store. But it's funny to me how we pay, I guess it would be 3,000% more for bottled water at the store. 3,000%? 3, 3,000% higher. Yet, when the, wa- when the water district tries to raise the water bill from $30 to $35, people lose their minds. <laughs> You're like, you just and paid $30. they write letters to the, the editor days. and all this stuff about how they're going to have to choose between their prescription drugs oh. and their water service now. And it just, people go nuts. They do. And the reality is what you're paying is just a small portion yeah. of what's out there. It's something that we're going to have to start thinking about because eventually... It's not going to be like that anymore. Eventually, we're going to have to actually pay the real cost of the water. Since I bought a water bottle today for the first time, like literally since I've been learning about this from you, because at the gym, they shut down all the water fountains and I forgot my water bottle. And I literally was like cringing at myself buying it <laughs> after learning this. I was like, no, I'm so dumb. Well, you train like yourself. It was like 275 Right. For like this dumb water bottle. You can get the same thing in your house, a system that you you could pay off very quickly, a system that you could have consistent great water because the water, we've, we've talked about this in some of the podcasts. If you if you look to my side here, I've got a couple dozen water bottles sitting here of the like water. 50 water bottles. Yeah, that we've tested over the time. And the water that I get from my system at home is Way better than anything we tested on my desk here. It's so good. I call most of this water nothing water because there's nothing in it. There's nothing in it that's good. There's nothing in it bad, but there's also nothing in it good. Nothing in it that you need for your body. The reality is we don't think about water, but we think about problems. One of the things that we get called about at the lab all the time is when somebody has a problem. Basically, you don't think about water till it's coming out on your floor. Yeah. If it stays in the pipes, you're fine. You're like, what? There's water going through my house? Right. and But when it comes out, there's a problem. Or when some appliance like a water heater fails, then people want to know, well, what, what happened? Usually what you get is the people will call a plumber and the plumber will tell them, well, either don't worry about it because the water heater's under warranty. I'll replace it. But then you still have to pay him to replace it, even though it's under warranty. And you'll ask him, well, wait a minute. I want to know why it failed. And he'll... They don't know. 
Well, he usually has a story about how, well, the manufacturer cut costs on this one production line and used cheaper materials. The new ones they do now are better built. And then your water heater fails again in two years. And so you call him back. And this is a real story that happened to a neighbor of mine. Calls him back. The guy says, well, you probably need to get the more expensive one with the better warranty because it's better made. And so we bought that one year later. His water heater went out again. (laughs) He asked the guy about it. And he said, well, uh, you know, I, we, I'm sorry. It was back to the manufacturer's story. We found out that he, they had used some cheap welding materials or something, but don't worry. This one will be fine. It went out again in a year. So then he calls another plumber who said, oh, well, thank goodness you called me. That guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I'll get you the real water heater. That went out in a year. He lost. He went through five water heaters in six years. All of them had the same stories on whose fault it was. Not one time in all of that did it ever come up that it might be the water Yeah, like maybe it's your house's water. Hello. But not a single person ever thinks about that. No. We came in and very quickly knew that it was the water that was the problem. And we were able to balance the water and he stops losing water. Did that mean his house had like super high sulfate water? It's a combination of things. It's a, it really is a combination of things. And there's some bacterial corrosion that goes on too that, but you would never know that unless you actually test the water and not just those little simple tests that the guy comes in. He has that little test that turns the water from pink to blue that basically... Yeah, but that does literally nothing. Yeah, it tells you you need to buy a water softener. A water softener. Heater. <laughs> a water softener. Shocker, you it's need like, to buy a water heater. <laughs> no, a water softener. Or the water softener. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's designed for is to buy a water softener. But it doesn't tell you anything about the chemistry of the water. And so that's what you really need is to know what the chemistry of the water is. They've got this whole circular sort of blame game that goes on. The biggest problem we run into, I, I walked in one day to, to Les, our company president, and I said, you know what? I realized the biggest problem that we have now is we're the answer to the question nobody asked. <laughs> that's so perfect. It's like, how do you, how do you- <laughs> deal with being the answer you know you've got the right answer but nobody has any clue what you're talking about because they've never thought to even ask the question so we literally have to go back to the beginning of everything and start getting people to even be aware that water is different everywhere water is different in every home it is the water that's the problem not the appliances most of the time there's things that you can do there's better and worse appliances that you can get that are withstand what's going on with the water better. But the reality is appliances are actually getting more complex, not less complex. And so they're becoming more and more sensitive to what the water chemistry is. Some appliances actually have things in their warranty now to say you have to make sure that the water is a certain way or you could void the warranty. And you start getting into some of these kitchens we've been in in some of these big houses, they'll spend $100,000 on their kitchen appliances. They're getting these really expensive wool for one of these yeah. amazing brands. And those become more and more delicate as you are cooking with steam and all of these different things that you do. They'll break down super fast if you don't know what the water is. But the bottom line is we're trying to figure out a way to keep water from being invisible to people, to get people to think about it. If we can do that, then we've then I think we'll really do a service to people because you can balance your water and you can get water to do what you want it to do and taste like you want it to taste and and actually be healthy and you hydrated. Have and, the like minerals and things in it that you actually that are needed. Right. That's it, one thing that I did not know was that like there's minerals and stuff in water that you actually like your body needs. Like you're not trying to get rid of all the stuff in it. I don't know. I like never thought about that. (laughs) Well, and that's what people do. They'll go, well, I 
I want to make sure my water's good. So I'm not going to buy bottled water, but I'm going to put an RO system in, reverse osmosis. And reverse osmosis takes everything out yes, of the water. It takes everything out. So the water is basically like pointless in your body. It's not it's, doing anything for well, you. Well, your water, right? your water still does things for you, but it needs to be balanced or it looks for something to balance it. So yes, you'll yeah. drink straight RO water and you'll taste your fillings. And that's because it's actually going in and trying to balance itself by leaching the metals out of your fillings or leaching the calcium out of your teeth as it tries to balance itself. That's freaking nuts. Yeah, it is nuts. Anyway, we've probably <laughs> gone as long as we uh, as we can here. But the point of what we're talking about here, the point of what we, we want to continue to do here is to make it so that people actually think about their water and they, the only thought that they have about their water stops being, well, I guess I'll buy water at the convenience store because water is different for what you need to drink. It's different what you need for your appliances, what you need for your plants. Thanks for coming in and let me bounce these things off of you. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> And also thanks to our sponsor, Retigo Labs. As I mentioned at the beginning, they're an authorized dealer of Crusader water systems. We had the best testing, so we had to have the best solution. The testing creates a profile of the water chemistry of your home. It's the same as your neighbors till it hits your house, and then it changes once it gets into your house. And so we create that profile, create a custom system for you. And for the savings that you have on these systems, you actually pay, it pays for itself. It's a luxury item that actually pays for itself because most people don't realize how much they're spending on bottled water and on, and on how much it costs to buy extra soaps and things uh, for hard water and replacing appliances. Seriously. So there's a good chance too, especially in this area and in a lot of areas, we would test the sulfate in your water because there's a good chance that if you have frizzy, dry looking hair or dry skin that it's the water it's not you it's not you just have to deal with skin problems or hair problems it's a good chance it's the water so let retigo come in and balance your water so that you can worry about other things thanks for stopping by thanks for listening thanks jess for coming in of course bye bye